What's up guys and welcome to our next installment of our mini-series. Today we are talking about the Houston Texans. They finished last season 10-6, first in the AFC South. Uh, they defeated the Buffalo Bills in the wildcard round, but eventually lost to the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round. Uh, they blew a big lead in that game, but um, today we're talking about the air fantasy relevance there. Uh, Deshaun Watson is the quarterback there. He is, I mean... When he goes, this whole team goes. Obviously, this team's going to look a little different, trading away their star wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. But as long as Deshaun Watson is under center, this team has any chance to, to win that division. Um, behind him, they got A.J. McCarron, who, who he's... He's a decent backup, but if, if Deshaun Watson goes down, then this whole team goes down. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Deshaun Watson and the QB room here? So for me, Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL, and that's a reality, and I don't think he gets put into that conversation enough. And I've said this before to other people, but if I ask people to list the top five QBs in the league, I think very few people would put Deshaun Watson they put Patrick Mahomes, they might put older guys like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, maybe Lamar Jackson now. Some people, for whatever reason, still love Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> and I've seen several lists where he's still in the top 10, and I just don't know why people put him there, but that's a whole other conversation. But, I mean, Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. For me, he's clearly in the top five. Uh, and I know I'm probably in the minority there, but I just think people are undervaluing how talented of a quarterback he is. When you look at the Texans roster, it is not that great. I mean, even last season, they were 10 and six last year and their defense was not very good. I mean, they had DeAndre Hopkins, but their offensive line wasn't very good. Their running game was okay with Carlos Hyde, but Deshaun Watson is this team, and to me, if you put him on a team like the Texans, or I mean, he is on the Texans, <laughs> if you put him on a team like the Chiefs, he is everything that Patrick Mahomes is right now. I think we would be talking about Deshaun Watson with a 10-year, $500 million deal. I really think Deshaun Watson is that good. So from a fantasy standpoint, that's my the end of my Deshaun Watson rant. I'll talk about his fantasy relevance now, but... Uh, I mean, he's been productive since his first start as a rookie. Last season, he was second in points per game. He only missed one game last season, but he finished fifth overall in terms of total scoring. In 2018, he was fourth in the entire league in quarterback scoring. And then as a rookie in 2017, only started seven games, but during that seven-game stretch, he scored the most points in the league for a quarterback. So from day one, he's been productive. We saw him as a winner at Clemson, and he's just continued to bring that to the NFL. So, uh, you know, it's hard this season. A lot of people have him ranked sixth, and it's hard to argue in terms of having him any higher because when you look at it, Mahomes is a sure bet to have a higher volume pass offense. Deshaun Watson's talented running the ball, but he's not going to run for a thousand yards like Lamar because that's just not how they use him. And then you have Dak with a high volume offense. You have Russell Wilson, who's been productive. I do think he can finish above Russell Wilson, but there's just a lot of uh, top end quarterbacks in the league right now. But he's one of those names where all of a sudden DeAndre Hopkins is gone and everybody thinks Deshaun Watson stinks. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins did not make or break Deshaun Watson. Did it help him? Absolutely. But Deshaun Watson's still talented and can still be a top five quarterback. And we're going to be able to see that this year without, uh, without DeAndre Hopkins. Now, one of the pieces that they brought in 
for trading DeAndre Hopkins away, David Johnson, he's uh, he heads this running back room. They also brought in Duke Johnson, and really it's between those two. Uh, David Johnson, while he can catch out of the backfield, we saw it in Arizona in his early years. Duke Johnson is probably going to be the main pass catcher, third down guy. Uh, David Johnson is probably going to be the uh, first and second down running guy, um, but he is going to be able to get some pass volume too. Uh, I I mean this is probably one of the better running back rooms that they've had in a in a while as far as a pair goes. I mean Lamar Miller has been decent, but he's always been hurt. Um, Arian Foster when he was there, he was probably the best running back that this team has had, um, but there really wasn't anybody behind him. But the pair of Johnsons here, Johnson and Johnson, if you want to grab them both and name your fantasy team that um, patent pending, you can. Uh, you're going to get some good volume out of both of them. Um, Duke Johnson, like I said, he has some standalone value. David Johnson, I'm taking a lot of chances on this year. Um, he, We bring it up every time, and I'm going to bring it up again every time we talk about it. Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans, they traded away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. So you're not going to not use David Johnson. As long as he's healthy, as long as he's on the field, you're using, you're using David Johnson. And I think he has a bounce back year. Um, I, I like his draft value. I like his capital there. He's, uh, I think, I, I just think he's going to have a good year for the Houston Texans here. Um, and then Duke Johnson is going to come in and kind of take some carries and, and, and some yards away from him. But I like David Johnson as like a or a running back to flex play. You're probably not getting him as a flex, but like a running back too. When talking about the history of Houston Texans running backs, you forgot the 1,600-yard season of rookie Steve Slayton. I always remember it because that's one of the most bizarre seasons I've ever seen in my life. And then Steve Slayton didn't even have that many yards for the rest of his career. But I uh, that was a fun season. But I would agree. I mean, in Deshaun Watson's career, he hasn't really played with a running back this talented in Houston. So I'm interested to see how they use him. You already mentioned it, and I agree with you. I mean, they have to use him. Otherwise, they're fools for trading what they did to get him. More so, of fools because uh, he already is a fool. More of fools. You always correct me. He's more of a fool. But uh, you can't say that. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins never has a 1,000-yard season again, and we're talking about how much of a genius he is. <laughs> I doubt. That's not going to happen, by the way. But uh, he, he does have little competition. You mentioned Duke Johnson, but Duke Johnson is what he is. I mean, he's a third down pass catching back this isn't a guy that's going to take over the backfield clearly because they've just been trying to replace duke johnson no matter where he's been it seems like in uh, cleveland they've drafted guys and signed free agents then he comes over here they had lamar miller they bring in carlos hyde it seems like wherever duke johnson goes they do whatever they can to replace him so i mean that's all you need to know about duke johnson he's just a He's a little pass catching back. That's what he is. So David Johnson has a very negative stigma to me right now, and it's kind of strange. And I understand he had the injury last year, but he was very good in his first six weeks. And I've mentioned this several times, but I don't think people realize how good he was in the first six weeks. He was an RB1 in five of his first six weeks. And he was RB5 after six weeks of last season. So we talk about how much of a disappointment he was because of his fantasy draft capital last year. But through the first six of the weeks of the season, he was providing exactly what you would have thought he was going to provide. So I think if he can bring a little of that over to Houston, he's going to be in good shape. 
as of right now, he's going off the board as the 21st running back. And I love that value as well. This is a guy that can be a top. I mean, he proved he could be a top five back. I keep saying he can be a top 10 back, but he has the potential to be a top five back. So I think taking David Johnson as your second running back or third running back slash flex, it could be a league winning decision. All right. And to help out David Johnson, um, this offensive line is going to need to play better than it has been. They made a trade during the season last year. It got Laramie Tunsil out of Miami, and that's why they didn't have a first-round pick because that's what they gave up. Um, Titus Howard, he's a he's a he was a project when he originally got drafted back in 2019. Uh, Max Sharping, another project back from 2019, but they're they're slotted into the uh, the starting roles there. Um, so this offensive line it seems to be coming along a little bit more. We'll see how they all kind of gel together. Uh, they've definitely, I mean, two years ago, Deshaun Watson was sacked a bunch of times. I think close to. Mm-hmm. 60 times or even more than that including the playoffs but um so they got to protect him they got to open up holes for david johnson what does pff say about uh the offensive line here it's a very improved line they had him ranked 23rd last season they have him 19th which doesn't seem like a huge jump but laramie tunsil was very good last season they have him ranked as a top five pass blocker over the past of the last three seasons. So since he's come into the league, so he's been very effective and you can see, you kind of mentioned it. Deshaun Watson was getting walloped in his first few seasons and they've really placed a premium on finding strong pass blockers. So it's kind of interesting when you look at their offensive line, they were ranked sixth in pass blocking and then they were ranked 30th in run blocking. So that doesn't bode very well for David Johnson, but uh, Deshaun Watson actually has been kept up over the course of last season. And I would expect that this year. And that's pretty impressive because when you look at the stats, Deshaun Watson holds the ball longer than any quarterback in the NFL. So this is a very talented uh, pass blocking unit. All right. And then moving on to the wide receivers, like we said, exit DeAndre Hopkins, enter Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb. And that's pretty much it. I mean, they, they kind of replace Hopkins with two new guys. Will Fuller is still there. Um, he has a pretty pretty solid rep with Deshaun Watson. He just doesn't have a rep with staying off the injury report. Uh, Kenny Stills, they got, um, they brought him in a couple seasons ago. Kiki Kuti was, uh, he's, he's had to step in because of Will Fuller going down sometimes. Um, so they got, I mean, all of these guys have really had some kind of injury history outside of maybe Randall Cobb, who's been banged up a little bit, actually, so I take that back. They've all had a little bit of injury history there, um, but it's it seems like it's a crowded room, but you're not replacing DeAndre Hopkins with just one of those guys. Um, what are your How would you rank these guys? What are your thoughts on, on this room here? Yeah, and a lot of people have Brandon Cooks pegged as an injury-prone wide receiver, and It goes similar. We talked about this with Julio a little bit, but since his rookie year, Brandon Cooks has played 16 games every year until last season. He only missed two games last year, so he didn't even miss that many games. And he still has that stigma of being injury prone. And I love Brandon Cooks this season because I think people forget how productive he was. And, you know, we've talked about recency bias before. And I think this is the perfect example. Before last season, Brandon Cooks had four consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. And I'm not lying. I think a lot of people don't realize how productive he was. But he's been very productive for the last four years before last season. 
right now he's going as the 34th wide receiver off the board. And I think there's a pretty good chance he's going to definitely outperform that ADP. And especially if you're drafting him as your third or fourth wide receiver, I think he has a ton of upside there. So I love Brandon Cooks's value. Randall Cobb, I actually think, offers a little bit of value as well. And part of the reason, as you've mentioned, I mean, we have 150 targets to make up for here with DeAndre Hopkins gone, and they're going somewhere. I mean, I can assure you of that. And Randall Cobb was a lot more productive than a lot of people give credit to in Dallas last season. He was the 41st highest scoring wide receiver in fantasy leagues. Not to say he's a starter, but this is a guy that's a serviceable bi-week fill-in if you're playing three wide receivers a week. So uh, I do think he has some value, and most people aren't even drafting him. He has an ADP of the 86th wide receiver right now, which is really not being drafted. So I like him as a bi-week fill-in. Then finishing it off with Will Fuller. I mean, I've loved, I've always loved Will Fuller, and it's hard not to because we've seen him have such, I mean, he's had huge games with Deshaun Watson, and we all go goo-goo-eyed over those huge games, and he's had a few weeks where he's finished as a top five wide receiver that week. So I personally, my biggest problem with him is he is very boomer bust, and we can talk about those huge games where he has 150 yards and two or three touchdowns, but he has a lot of games where he has one reception for five yards. And so it's one of those things you have to play him strategically, but uh, he, he's just not very consistent. And I like to see a little more consistency from my wide receivers. I didn't want to bring this up, but realistically, Will Fuller's a great stash in a best ball league because that's exactly what you're looking for are those huge games and those huge matchups. So, And he's going very late. He's going as the 37th wide receiver right now so really a wide receiver four and I like him with that upside if you're relying on him though to be a consistent week in and week out starter that's a whole different season but I like his upside there and if he's able to stay healthy realistically he could very well outperform that ADP by quite a bit yep yep health is a big issue there if he could stay healthy I mean he's got a he's a first round he was taken in the first round by the Texans so um, he's definitely got some talent there he just has to He's got to put it all together. Um, moving on to the tight end position, pair of guys here. Actually, you're probably a trio of guys: uh, Darren Fells, Jordan Thomas, Jordan Akins. It's it's a crowded room. One of these guys has to emerge. I mean, even two of these guys can emerge. But what do we think about the tight end room? We mentioned that uh, you've mentioned it many times that tight ends, as far as fantasy goes, they're pretty. It's pretty deep this year, so we're probably not talking about any Texans tight ends. But um, if one of these guys emerges, who do you think it could be? Well, kind of interesting last year. I'm not drafting any of these tight ends just before I begin this point, but Darren Fells was actually, and it goes back to when you look at all these weapons, and I said this in previous episodes, where are their tight ends going to rank in terms of targets? I mean, I'd put Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, um, Randall Cobb, David Johnson, and Duke Johnson ahead of all of them. So, you know, realistically, what, they're the sixth option? I mean, how much fantasy production are you really going to have? But I will say a guy that's kind of interesting, and I'll just give him some props because he was good last season, and even I didn't really realize it until I did some research for this episode, but Darren Fells last season had seven touchdowns, and I had to read that about ten times because I did not believe that. (laughs) But, I mean, realistically, when you look at it, who's their top red zone threat right now? I don't really know. I mean, Brandon Cooks is a smaller guy. Randall Cobb's a slot guy. 
Will Fuller is more of a Deshaun Jackson type stretch the field. Mike Wallace comes to mind as well. But, uh, you know, Darren Fells is probably going to be their number one red zone threat. So, I mean, he showed that last year with seven touchdowns. And this is even crazier, and I'm not making this up. He had four games last season where he was a top eight tight end. Eight, four games, he was a top eight tight end. So he actually provided some value. But once again, he's one of those guys, it's streaky. Do you want to play this guy every week and cross your fingers that he's going to have two touchdowns? Because that, that was the extreme for Darren Fells. He had two touchdowns and 15 yards, or he had no targets and no receptions. So he had a very solid season. But once again, I'm not taking a guy that, that that's that inconsistent. Now, if one of these guys, obviously we have uh... – we got a lot of tight ends that are on our list here um, between all the teams. But if one of these guys just takes over and is the clear-cut number one into the lineup, would you take him? Would being Deshaun Watson as quarterback and, and all that stuff? Yeah, definitely if one of them is able to break through. I mean, for me, it would be Jordan Aikens just because he's the most athletic of that bunch there. So Darren Fowles is just a big – he's almost like a – fullback playing tight end but yeah i mean i would definitely consider it but i think it would take quite a bit for that to happen all right uh moving on to the special teams uh their kick and punt returner is a wide receiver that we didn't talk about deandre carter so really no value there uh their kicker kaimi fairbairn he is i mean between the whole afc south he either plays in a dome or they play in warmer weather Jacksonville obviously could get rain down there, uh, but he has a lot of nicer weather games or no weather at all games. Um, like like we keep on saying, we keep on praising him up. Deshaun Watson, he can move the ball, so I mean he could get Fairbairn into into field goal range uh, and and definitely get you some points there. So he should be a kicker that is either drafted or used in a in a top twelve league. Yeah, he's been very inconsistent so far in his career. He finished 19th last season, um, but he had, once again, kind of like Will Fuller, he was a, he was a boomer bus kicker, honestly, <laughs> which is kind of strange to say out loud. He's I a best ball kicker. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, if you're looking for a best ball kicker, this is your guy. But yeah, I mean, this is a very solid offense. He's borderline draftable. Uh, the Texans have kind of struggled in the red zone, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't really draft kickers. I haven't really talked about that strategy on these episodes very frequently, but he's borderline draftable and a good offense. All right, and then their defense—they—they um, they got a really underrated defense. I think that they're—I think they're a solid top twelve, top fourteen unit. They got a really nice trio of linebackers there, um, on top of having J.J. Watt who is one of the best defensive ends in the league when he's when he's on the field. And then Justin Reed back there in the safety position uh, as far as your IDPs go. But Whitney Merciless, Zach Cunningham, and Bernardrick McKinney um, form a nice trio of, of linebackers that are going to be they're they're going to be huge in IDP leagues overall. This this defense, I do like this defense. They play in a weaker division. Obviously, Philip Rivers now went to the Colts. Um, Ryan Tannehill kind of has the Tennessee Titans moving a little bit. Same thing with Gardner Minshew down in Jacksonville. So I mean, maybe these offenses could put up a little bit of points, but the defense I think is going to be. I, I think they'll fare well against the division rivals as well as other teams that they play this year. Last season, they weren't great as a unit. They were 22nd overall. 
Well, I mean, a lot of this and the success of their defense has to do with J.J. Watt and him being on the field. When he is on the field from an IDP standpoint, I mean, he's always a top 10 guy. So I've seen him go way higher than that because he's J.J. Watt. I mean, I would probably caution you not to do that because he hasn't really been able to stay on the field the past few years. But, I mean, he is productive when he's on the field. So he's definitely worth drafting as a top 10 defensive lineman. But when you look at the rest of their defense, there's not a lot of superstars. They have a lot of productive guys. But J.J. Watt is a difference maker. And he's the difference between them being the 20th ranked defense versus, you know, maybe a top 12 unit. So he's very key there. When it comes to the rest of their IDPs, you mentioned a few of the names already uh eric murray is one of their safeties and uh he's going to be first year with the texans this year and he hasn't really gotten an opportunity to start but they just inked him to a three-year deal he's never started more than nine games in a season so not a guy that i'm drafting but i'm going to keep my eye out on him because he has uh been fairly productive in a limited amount of playing time this year so i'm keeping my eye on him zach cunningham was the most effective idp they had last year He had 142 tackles, and he was a 14th-ranked linebacker. So borderline linebacker one, definitely a linebacker two there. Uh, Then McKinney, who you also mentioned, he's had two straight years of 100 tackles as a linebacker. Only ranked 45th last year, but if you have to play multiple linebackers, he's a guy to consider streaming on a week-to-week basis. All right, and then final thoughts on the Texans. Like we said, we... Uh, they finished first in division last year, ten and six. It, the division got a little tougher. I mean, we saw, like I said, we saw if say Ryan Tannehill started the whole year, maybe Tennessee finishes first in that division. Um, Philip Rivers comes over to the Colts. I think Jacksonville is the odd man out there. I think they're going to finish fourth, but this could be a three-team race for for first in the division. This could also be a division that only sends one team to the playoffs. So it's we could see three nine and seven teams. We could see two ten and six teams and a nine and seven team. We could see three eight and eight teams, and, and whoever ends up winning the division will be the only playoff team from this division. But I think I mean Deshaun Watson. He he definitely keeps them in contention. Um, I think Philip Rivers kind of puts Indianapolis over the over the edge there. I think they take first with their defense and their offensive line that they got there. Um, and then it's gonna it's gonna be a tight race between Tennessee and Houston. I'm kind of flip flopping back and forth. Uh, where do you have them? Yeah, I mean, I think this is tough, and this division is very close between the Texans, Titans, and Colts. I have the Colts winning the division. I think that they're the best team on paper. They arguably have the best defense in this division with Phillip Rivers. If he can limit his mistakes, that's kind of the key. I think this is a team that's set up for success, but I think Phillip Rivers needs to not be a crazy man with the ball this year. Um, (laughs) But the reality is, as much as no one wants to have faith, and it kind of goes back to how I opened up this show, but Deshaun Watson by himself makes this team a playoff contender. As much as people want to write them off saying, oh, they'll have a 6-10 and record. I mean, I would be surprised if they were below 8-8 eight and eight just based off of Deshaun Watson himself. So I think this is going to be a very close race. I wouldn't be surprised if they were all in nine and all uh, nine and seven teams and it came down to a tiebreaker. But uh, they'll finish somewhere one to three. I do have them third at a nine and seven record. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I was proved wrong. <laughs> all right. So we only have a couple more of these episodes left. Um, we'll see you guys next episode.